Hi, welcome to another episode of DE Podcast. I'm Kenneth Wong, Senior Editor for DE 24-7. John Petty Research, or better known as JPR, recently released a report detailing the GPU and PC shipments for 2022 Q2. So today we are speaking to John Petty, the president and founder of JPR. John, what are the notable trends in this report? What can you tell me? Well, um, I can tell you that uh, history once again has repeated itself and that um, I continue to be astonished by the apparent duck-like behavior of some uh, other research firms and some uh, suppliers. It's uh, it's as if they had just woken up to a new world and and don't have any history of how things have played out in the past. And my point there is that when uh, COVID started and people were told to stay home, work from home and so forth, there was a surge in sales as people uh, and organizations bought equipment for the home use to build home offices and things of that nature. And, and that was wonderful uh, you know, for the manufacturers of the equipment. Included amongst that was uh, a surge in the sale of Chromebooks, which has been a lackluster uh, product uh, over the years. It's had steady, but not, steady sales, but not dramatic growth. And so we saw these increases in, in, in sales. And like I say, to my astonishment, people started predicting, and I'll use Chromebook as an example, started predicting this fabulous growth market for Chromebooks. And I kept telling them, no, <laughs> there's not going to be any fabulous market for Chromebooks. The primary buyer of Chromebooks are, are the educational uh, industry. And they have just spent all the money they have and maybe all the money they're going to get for the next year or two. So there's just not going to be any growth there. Well, you know, yay for me being such a, a foresightful person. Uh, prediction came true. Chromebook markets fell to zero. And then these same other people who were forecasting these great sales said, oh, Chrome, Chromebook market's in the crash condition. I'm going, no, it's not. It's just gone back to normal. And we had the exact same thing with PC sales, is that they surged up. We knew why they were surging up. It did not represent a trend because COVID would eventually go away. And then there was a fall off when people got their home office equipped and didn't need to buy any more new stuff. Added on top of that <clears throat> was the a run-up in um, crypto mining. <clears throat> and uh, we saw that in 2017, where the crypto mining uh, ran up. Uh, there was some type of a calamity that caused it to crash. It crashed. The people who were supplying GPUs to that market saw the crash. They ended up with extra inventory. It took them a quarter or two to run down that inventory. And they said, that'll never happen again until it did happen again in 2019, 2020. And that's where we are now. So we are at the point where all of the chickens have come to roost, as my grandmother used to say, uh, which means that uh, we are now overcoming and working our way through uh, excess inventory that was built by unwarranted enthusiasm and uh, continued disruptions to the supply chain, uh, which are intermittent, by the way, uh, and all of that is just creating ripples uh, in the in the flow of product. And it makes forecasting a little tricky, <clears throat> but it will work itself out. Now, uh, my forecast is it's not going to work itself out until mid first half of 2023. Let's talk about some of the disruptions that are happening. One of the biggest things, of course, is the war in Europe. Uh, 
the invasion of Ukraine. So, and also related to that is the energy crisis that we are facing. How do these affect the uh, processor market and the PC market? Uh, not as much as you might think, but they will eventually. It will catch up. Uh, let's take them one at a time. Uh, the war in Ukraine is disturbing, uh, but not disruptive to the uh, computer graphics or the PC market per se. There's a little bit of uh, business that has been lost from the Russian market, but it wasn't that big to begin with. So that doesn't impact the sales very much. <clears throat> Russia doesn't contribute to the manufacturing uh, supply chain for computers or computer graphics uh, in any way. There are some clever um, software programmers in Russia that have contributed to uh, driver development and some application assistance and things of that nature, but nothing that is involved in a steady flow of production. So Russia's um, disruption <clears throat> and Ukraine's as well do not directly impact the uh, PC industry. Um, the energy uh, expense, which again was uh, predictable and will mediate itself, uh, will show up in maybe two, probably three quarters as a uh, cost increase. And that cost increase will be A, getting parts to and from suppliers and then to the channel, and B, in the cost of parts in general. <clears throat> and you can look back to the source. You can see uh, companies like TSMC, which is one of the biggest uh, commercial fabs in the world um, and the one everybody likes. Uh, they're talking about raising their prices anywhere from five to eight percent uh, the last report was they might only raise it three percent for you know they'll raise their price to the extent that they have to for their cost structure and what they can get away with from their customers but that's a small increase but if TSMC raises their price and let's use easy math five percent by the time that gets to the consumer with all the channels and value adds places it goes through, that'll probably look more like 20, 25%. So you could see a price increase in PCs and PC components and peripherals of up to 20% a year from now. I, I asked you about PC, but of course, uh, we are more concerned with workstations since uh, the uh, DE readers are the type that use workstations for simulation and CAD. <clears throat> the workstation market's been very stable. Um, it, it had a little spurt of growth uh, the end of last year, uh, which was welcome. And that actually rolled over a little bit into Q1, kind of surprised a lot of people. Because of its slow growth, it uh, means that it doesn't have a lot of new customers coming into it. So it's a replacement business largely. And so uh, you have to look at the replacement cycle. And, and some um, so companies that get... Uh, new projects or let's say a contract or some something that they didn't have before will expand their workstation uh, population to deal with that project. And uh, if the project doesn't carry on, then that was a one-time sale. Thank you very much. Uh, if the project does carry on, then three to five years later, they'll re replenish or replace that uh, first, first buy. So it has that kind of ebb and flow to it, but pretty much it's steady as you go. Um, it's it's not affected by any of the things you mentioned any more than the PC industry is because basically a workstation is just a super PC and it's built with the same fabs and the same products and the same software basically and so it's it's just it's you know uh, uh, what's the word uber class of a PC. All right, the recent report from 
JP Morgan that I read. And of course, the report specifically talks about the chip um, supply chain issues concerning the chips that are used in the automotive industry. Um, yeah. It says supply chain issues are widespread, prevalent, uh, with ongoing chip shortage causing reverberation across the sector. But the report also predicts that um, by mid-2022, it will likely be resolved the supply chain issues so. <laughs> <Oops, laughs> that point <laughs> okay what's your thoughts on that is there a chip shortage yeah th there's there's a chip shortage in certain categories and there's a chip shortage uh intermittently in let's say all categories for that matter and that that comes and goes uh and also which is not being talked about and surprises me again um it you know pcs and graphics boards and workstations and automobiles don't just have chips in them. They have capacitors and they have resistors and they have transformers and they have other things that are also in them. And those things are also being intermittently uh, disturbed in their uh, production flow. So it's not just chips. And so even if you got the chips, if you don't have the capacitors, those chips aren't very valuable to you at the short term. So you'll have, you have all of these um, disruptions that, as I mentioned, are happening intermittently, differently in each sector and at a different time and so forth. Uh, but one of the things that <clears throat> uh, has aggravated the automotive particularly has been the um, uh, unanticipated demand for more electronics in the automotive industry. And, and here again, I can't understand how these super well-paid, allegedly smart people can't forecast better. But regardless of their skills, uh, they seem to have been caught surprised that, oh my gosh, people really do want big displays on their dashboard and they really are interested in electronic vehicles. And what's this autonomous thing that people keep talking about? And all of that uses electronics. Um, I think with Pat Gelsinger, president of uh, Intel said the other day, there are more, more semiconductors in the car today than there are in almost any other product. And, um, and, and that creates still yet another problem is that these semiconductors now, because there are so many of them, have to be low power because there's a finite power support supply in a car. So that's creating another type of shortage in that there's a big demand and push to reduce power consumption for uh, automotive and other vehicle uh, semiconductors. Um, since you brought up Intel, let's talk about it a little bit at Seagraph. Intel released um, three new entry-level type uh, GPUs. So now previous attempts by Intel to introduce or muscle its way into the GPU <laughs> market uh, flopped or fizzled out at the prototype level, Larrabee project being the most memorable one. So now they actually delivered three entry-level GPUs. What do you think? Is that going to change the market dynamics? Yeah, it is. Um... It's not going to happen as quickly as Intel would like it to, but it will happen. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've been curious and I'm on record of being curious as to whether Intel had the stamina to continue pursuing the discrete GPU market based on the delays and problems they've had and other problems that the company is having, which has caused them to shed certain businesses and projects. And, um, I have subsequently been reassured, as has the world, <clears throat> that uh, Intel is in this for the long term, long term being 10 years. 
and that uh, they will follow through. Okay, so um, I believe them. Big, big public company like that can't afford to make statements uh, that are hollow. So if they've made that statement, then you, you have to have some confidence that it's true. However, it doesn't remove the problem that they're having is that they are struggling to get their software support, which is represented in drivers, uh, to get up to speed with the uh, production and the production itself, the actual semiconductor production of the part is uh, suffering some difficulties too. This is totally normal. You would expect this. I mean, to, to it's really hard to build a GPU. It's a very, very complicated device. And it's triply hard to build one at seven nanometers or five nanometers with billions of transistors in them. I mean, it's staggering the imagination just to say that billions of transistors at five nanometers, you can put something like a half a million transistors on the cross section of a hair. It's just, you know, it's beyond science fiction. To get that all right, running at production and scaled levels, where you're talking about millions of units a day going out the door, that's just hard work. And, and as good a company as Intel is, maybe one of the best in the world, it's still hard work. And I would forecast that we won't see Intel being in that steady state condition probably until the end of next year at the earliest. They are going to have one hell of an impact on the market. It's a big company. It knows everyone in the universe. There's no one who hasn't heard the name Intel. When they knock on the door, people open it for them. That's great for them. It means that AMD and NVIDIA and anybody else that Intel is competing with is going to suffer some market share loss. Intel coming into the market, in my opinion, is going to make the market expand. And it's going to happen because of the power of the Intel brand. There'll be a lot of people who have been hesitant to commit to a discrete GPU and add in board a discrete GPU and a notebook or something like that, not seeing particularly the payoff, the value or what have you, Intel will be a security blanket for them. And they'll have more confidence to make such a commitment. And that will increase the overall customer base for discrete GPUs. Now it won't increase it enough to offset the market share loss that the incumbents are going to have, but nonetheless, it will will contribute to the overall market growth. Very good. Always a pleasure to hear your insights, John. Anything else you'd like to tell us about the report that you have just released? We just did a white paper on uh, the transition um, in the SIM market uh, to GPU acceleration. This has been a long time coming. And um, the SIM people who have wanted to do this for a while, but have had a whole bunch of different problems to solve before they could, not the least of which is a ton of old software, um, are now in the position of uh, hybrid offerings where some of them, some of the SIM companies are saying, here's a 100% GPU acceleration system. Others are saying, here's a 100% CPU acceleration. And then there's the hybrid people who are saying, here's a little bit of CPU and a little bit of GPU. And you, the user, can decide which to use and when, which is a function of what GPU you happen to have available to you. And that's, I think that's the intelligent approach personally. So that's happening right now. It's like I say, it's been a long time coming and now it's actually happened. And um, we have caught that and um, and have, have written about it, reported on it. And that's up on our webpage. And then the other one is, um, what's it called? A uh, shameless plug. Yeah, shameless plug. 
is uh, I just completed a three book series uh, on the history of the GPU. And uh, those are going to show up the end of October. And so it's like the history of the GPU before there was a GPU, the introduction of the GPU, that's the second book. And then the third book is uh, advances in GPUs that have happened since then. All right, John, thank you so much for sharing your insight with us today. Um, we look forward to the book and all the reports coming our way. Um, until next time, this is Kenneth Wong for DE247, and we are out. Mm -hmm.